Yes, here we go. Episode 15 of the Hibs Ramble. It's me, Liam, back hosting this week. Craig is um, preoccupied with work. So it's just me and Sean this week. Um, The day after, the night before uh, at Dundee United. How are you feeling, mate? I feel alright. I feel alright. I'm not too disheartened about it. Um, Obviously, you never want to lose games, but... um, on reflection, there's 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 positives to take. I didn't. I certainly didn't think like that last night, but um, yeah. <laughs> now that dust has settled. Yeah. Um, we just want to prefix this episode by just chatting very very quickly um, about uh, racism in football, and we at the Hibs Rambo, Craig included, and everyone involved uh, with all the Hibs podcasts are absolutely against racism in football, of course. It's got no place uh, in society, never mind football. So, um, it's just been uh, it's it's been you know a, a difficult last few hours um, for a lot of people. But we just want to to say that we are completely against um, all all racism, and we hope that that um, everyone else is as well. I suppose that's uh, the best way I could put it. And um, but we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're going to talk about the football, Sean. And um, we're, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the, the lineup. First of all, an unchanged side. That was a surprise for me. I thought um, that Lee Johnson maybe would have switched it up a little bit. Considering that we've got Celtic Park on Sunday, on Saturday, not Sunday. Yeah. Um, were you surprised at all at the same 11 being... Sean? I think I think it would be poor from me to sit here and say that I wasn't surprised um, because I think I, I think I mentioned that I will, all three of us have mentioned in the last couple of pods that if it's not broke don't you know don't change it but we all anticipated a change of some form and we anticipated at least two changes um, purely because of the big game that's on Saturday. And we've got, what I think, a good enough squad where we should have potentially freshened yeah. it up a wee bit last night. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If we'd went on and, and won the game, starting with the same team, we wouldn't be having the conversation we're having now. But, um, yeah, I was I was surprised. To, at least, to see no changes, that, that did surprise me. Yeah, me too. I was expecting... You know, maybe even McCurdy to start or someone to come in to replace one of the three in the midfield just to keep it fresh and keep legs fresh for for Saturday. I think for me, I would have rather have changed the team last night and then gone back to the you know the old faithful for Saturday. But you know, Lee Johnson's seen them all week in training. I say all week; he's seen them the last couple of days in training, um, and has obviously thought that. The same eleven should be the the team to start, but I think that would have, and again hindsight and all that, I, I do think it would have made sense. Um, he touches he touches on. I know we'll talk about Lee Johnson's comments after the game, but he does touch on it that he wanted to have as many goal scorers on the pitch as possible to start the game and for as long as possible during the game. So mm-hmm. maybe that's his his reasoning behind starting the way that he started, and again just wanting to keep the the posit- positivity throughout the starting eleven and, and the confidence high, but um, I do feel like last night would have been a great opportunity to get minutes in the legs of those that, that needed it. 
still, yeah. we still would have started with Boyle and Kukarevic and stuff, but maybe one or two tweaks would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, we'll get right on to the game. And I felt like before Dundee United scored, Hibs weren't really in it an awful lot. We had a fair bit of the ball, but it looked like every time that United um, got it, they were breaking, especially down our right-hand side, and they were looking very dangerous. And then 11 minutes in, um, a, a really a really good finish, to be honest, from from uh, Beach, um, who scored against Aberdeen as well. Uh, it was a... I think it's it's a good finish from a Dundee United perspective, but it's poor defending from a Hibs perspective. Um, Campbell doesn't go with him. He plays like a nice wee one too. Campbell doesn't go with him and he, he jinks around another couple of defenders and smashes at home from close range. I think where the, the, goal, the goal only looks as good as it, it, it does because we were so poor. And it does take a deflection after he hits it. And I, I've, I've watched... Uh, I've watched the goal back so many times and I can't work out if it's Porteous, Hanlon or Marshall that it takes a deflection off of. And I think it's one of the defenders. I, I, I think it's Hanlon that it takes a deflection off of and that takes it away from Marshall. Um, if we scored that goal, we'd be we'd be loving it. We'd be saying it's absolutely tremendous, you know, the way that he, he takes it around Cadden and, and gets the finish away. But the defendants atrocious for me yeah and I feel like uh, so yeah I feel like every time that they went down that side Cadden maybe never had his best game in a in a hip shot last night which is a shame because he's been really good this season um uh, Tony Watt seemed like he had his number every single time uh, going down the United left and um unfortunately one of them ended up in a goal and it did look like a couple of times I think they had a chance just before they scored that they hit the side net and as well. Yeah, I think just just before they scored, we, we again we tried to start fast and tried to start well, but then we couldn't just quite. I know it was ten minutes in that they scored eleven minutes in, but prior to that, we were winning the ball very high up the pitch, but then not because they it's were doing anything. Really we just couldn't get in behind or doing anything with it, and they were they they were just sitting there waiting to break, which is obviously what what they done tried to do throughout the match. Exactly, and. Um, I think after that we started coming at the game a little bit. We had a couple of chances, but the one, the main one that we're going to talk about. So I was there, and I was just a couple of rows from the front. And um, when the ball came over, and Yuan did his uh, did his kind of side side scissor kick. Yeah. And uh, it fell to Kukarevich, and it went in. I immediately looked over to the... Well, after I went mental, I immediately looked over towards the linesman to make sure that it was given because I couldn't really see um, where, where where Kukarevich was when Yuan hit it. It didn't look offside to me. I was just wanting to make sure. Linesman flag stayed down. I continued yeah. celebrating, looked around, and people were standing still. And I was, think, I was thinking, this is weird. Why are people not celebrating? We've just equalised. And then I look up and it's the big, bold goalie putting the ball down for a, a free kick you were watching it on the telly correct um, what what was your initial reaction did you initially think goal or my, were you initially a bit my, my initial reaction was it looked like when Yuan's went to scissor kick it it's like hit his hand and then went right. through 
and I know that sounds really, really stupid because that's obviously not what happened. But at first glance, that's what I thought it looked like had happened um, before he'd scored the goal. So at this point, I, and then he we went on the score and I was like, oh, has he handballed it? Has he not handballed it? The ref's not blew up for sound. And then they start celebrating. And there's such a, I say a long period of time. Obviously, it was only a couple of seconds. But from a referee's perspective, it was it was, it was quite a long, long time. period of time for the ball hitting the back of the net. Before it, before the players then realised, and before the United fans realised that it, it wasn't a given, I never in a million years thought it was offside. I know that was what it looked like it was originally given for, but the linesman flag doesn't go up at all. But I've watched it back a good six, seven, eight, nine times, and the ref goes to give the goal right as soon as it hits the back of the net. The ref has absolutely no issues, no problems with it, but. As soon as it hits the back of the net, the ref's already looking over to his right and looking at the linesman. So they're in dialect about something, but the flag doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. So I was really confused as to what they were giving it for. Yuan isn't the tallest. It wasn't as if Yuan's foot was high enough to be given for high foot. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't imagine that it was given for high feet because... What else is Yuan meant to do in that situation? It's not as if he's putting his head yeah. where others... Uh, his feet where other people are putting their head it's kind of chest height it appears now that it it, it was given for a push the push that Yuan does apparently according according to to Johnson that's what it's been explained to to him as as so Yuan as any striker does they'll just give the the defender a wee nudge try and get an extra yard make the move which is what Yuan's done Um, so it looks like according to the explanation that he's been given, that that's what, what it was for. Um, there's no getting away from it, though. It's it's ludicrous. It, it is one of the worst decisions I've seen from a Hibs it is perspective. A, it is a poor decision, to be um, honest. If not the worst decision I've seen in a, from, a Hibs, from a Hibs point of view. Um, and I think we can both agree that not only considering how dominant we were after that, but how dominant we were before it, if we got the goal then, they would have had to come out again. It's easy to say, but I, I reckon we would have we would have went on to win the game, but unfortunately that didn't happen, and the, the officials had a nightmare. And I think that is a reoccurring theme um, throughout mainly the mainly the first half, but the, the game as a whole. Um, there's a couple of other instances that we'll speak about refereeing decisions, but yeah, um, it, it's weird because we don't want to make it sound like refereeing decisions have, have cost us the game. Because no, they haven't. No, no, absolutely not. I, I don't think that in any way, shape, or form. But it's certainly not helped. You could argue. And, you could argue that though, because that the goal that they've disallowed is the most clearest of goals at a vital point in in, in the match. So that has ultimately played a massive part in the outcome. Whereas when people are blaming officials, it's maybe for a penalty, maybe not being given, or a red card, or this, that, and the other subjective yeah. opinions on on outcomes. But in this one. It's unanimous across the whole of everyone. Yeah. It was a goal, so it, it does have a detrimental impact to the outcome of the game, unfortunately. Do you think we can just? Do you think we can just go back in hindsight and just take a point? Well, I was think- hoping that the ref would have watched it at half time or seen a clip at half time, and in his mind, wrong to say, but I think subconsciously giving us a penalty like or giving us something or giving yeah, aye, but obviously that didn't that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, do you think that nights like last night, 
given all the you know the refereeing mishaps and from all the officials, do you think this sort of kind of would you be happy to see the referees mic'd up like they are in rugby and the NFL and stuff like that? Do you think that would give fans? I think it would give fans a better understanding of where the referees are coming from, and then they would maybe get off their back a little bit more if they understood the reasoning behind what what they were making their decisions based on. I think I think football fans are that fickle and that set in their ways that if the refs are mic'd up, it would just give the refs more of a reason to be abused. It works in other sports, but I don't think it would work in football. What um, about like post-match, post-match interviews with the refs? I think it would certainly help the refs' case, something like that. Just to explain themselves, because then, you know, we'll look in however many weeks' time and we'll have... It was you and Anderson, the referee, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. We'll have him again and we'll go, for fuck's sake, that's the guy who disallowed the goal at Tannadice. He's yeah. going to have a stinker today. So, I mean... and I mean, he'll probably think that as well. He'll be looking at those replays today and thinking, fuck, I've got that wrong. Next time I go and ref Hibs, I'm I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it tight. Yeah. Whereas you know if he, if the referees could do a post match, then you know there's I think, a. I think just if there, if if VAR wasn't a thing, I would I would I would think that like post match interviews and things like that would be a good idea for refs. But I think VAR and I and I'm a massive massive fan of VAR, but loads of people aren't because of the way it gets managed. It's like before it came into the Premier League down south. Uh, I mean, I still do. I watch a lot of Australian A-League football because I've got, you know, family over there and I've been over there. So they had VAR when I was over there 10 years ago and, and, well, not maybe not 10 years ago, but not long after I left 10 years ago, they introduced it there. I'm a big fan of Italian football, German football, and they've had VAR in there for ages and it works. It does work and it doesn't work in the Premier League. In all these different countries, but the Premier League, because they're all Billy Big Boss, they wanted to change the rules of it, and that's why loads of people have got a a poor outlook And I would hope that when it comes in, it's ludicrous that it's coming in halfway through a season in Scottish football anyway. But I would hope that when it does come in in Scottish football, it's managed correctly. Um, oh, it's going to be us, isn't it? It's going to be us against St. Johnson on the Friday night. Yeah. Which is the first game. So, I... I... <laughs> I think after last night, I would say, fucking get VAR in, get VAR in. But I mean, thing is, if, feels... if you look, if, if you look at if we had, if VAR was there last night, right, you've got the goal would be given, in my opinion, the goal would be given, and it'd be one all. You could argue that depending on how VAR is managed, the push on Josh Campbell in the box when he's trying to follow up, that could have potentially been given as a penalty, um, based on the penalty ruling. It's a blatant push in the back. Um, and the elbow on Porteous. And, and, and then the elbow on Porteous. And, and Butcher doesn't have one elbow. He, he was it not? It wasn't the Butcher, it was Edwards. Um, Edwards. Is it Edwards? Yeah. Uh, the big, ugly centre half that chucks his elbows about everywhere and every, every, everywhere he plays. Yeah, Arsenal. Um, yeah, Ryan Edwards, yeah. So he, he doesn't do it once, he does it twice. He, he chucks himself about twice. So yeah. if... If the, if the ref's not seen that fair, I, I get it because he's trying to keep up with play, but VAR then gives that. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that, I think for me, it's just um, the, 
like Vi, you know, well, especially when it was first introduced in England, I felt like it took the the passion really, and you score a goal, and you didn't care if it's going to be disallowed or or not. So, um, but you'd rather the right outcome, especially if it's. You bad. would rather the right outcome, yeah, of course. And football's going that way. It would be naive to say we should never have VAR in Scotland yeah. because we're a growing league uh, and we're, you know, we're obviously doing better for ourselves, not only in the club front but on the national front as well. So I think it would be silly not to, not to get VAR involved. But VAR wouldn't have done anything about um, Kukarevic's absolute sitter in the second half when it was a poor pass back, uh, and he went one on one. For me, Sean, it looked like he was caught in two minds whether to go round them, hit it first time, take ah. a touch, and and at the end he just made the completely wrong decision. Think, yeah, um, I think he goes to go round the goalie, sees that the goalie's read it and is going to go with him, because if you see the if the ball if you see the ball coming through, he goes to continue his run the way that the ball's coming, but then the keeper continues moving that way as well. Yeah. So then he panics, takes two extra touches and then hits it. Whereas his two options there are round the keeper or hit it first time. That's his only two options. I thought he should have hit it first time on his left foot. Yeah. And all he needs to do is guide it into the corner. And it's even a goal. His, even his right foot. It doesn't matter. Like first, That needed to be hit first time. I was celebrating that as well. It looked, see from where I was standing, and everyone around me must have thought the exact same, it looked like he dinked him. Right. And it went over him yeah. and uh, it Just was like trundling towards the goal. So we were going mental, going, yes! And then the referee points for a corner, we're like, what? So uh, it was, I feel like last night would, would have been very, very tough on Kukarevic. Firstly, the goal chopped off, then that one. But you know, it didn't really knock his confidence going forward. He had another chance, which I thought was Porteous. Um, the overhead kick. The overhead kick. And it, look, it looked from where I was standing, it hit the bar. Kick, so maybe Porteous was the other one, I can't remember. Well, the one that hit the bar is the one I'm thinking of. Either hit the bar or the goalie saved it. The goal, uh, well, Kugarevich got saved. Ah, you know, like kind of spun up ah. as if it hit the bar. Yeah. Um, really good athleticism. I felt Kukarevic's second half was a lot better than he was first half. Um, for me, he seemed to throw himself to the ground an awful lot in the first half. For a big, strong laddie, you know, we're expecting him to hold the ball up, be strong, fight against the centre-halves, but it looked as if he was just trying to buy fouls all the time. Whereas in the second half, he, he cut that out completely and became that tall, strong uh, focal point of the attack. And then obviously showed wonderful athleticism to get up. I couldn't do that. Um, and direct on target. You know, it looked for, for all the world like it was going in. But then after that, you go, this just absolutely is the other day. And I felt like it was just one of those nights. Um, we'll go on and talk about the subs in a minute. But did you just feel like it was it was one of the days? Yeah, I think on another day, on another day, could have been... Two, two, three, one hibs. Uh, so it's one of those you need. You need one of them to go in, and I think if we'd got one, we 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 may well have got another. And Dundee United might have crumbled. So um, 
I know Boyle had a chance in the first half as well when he was through on goal. I know Boyle has a kind of like volley or a half volley in the second half as well. Strikes it well but goes over the yeah. bar. Um, the the two you know overhead kicks. Um, Henderson's decision making at, at times was very very poor. Although he has a great strike towards the end of the game as well, which yeah. looks like it's challenging and, and looks like it could be going in but doesn't. So, mm. I mean. We just need to look at look at the stats, you know. I mean, we did we, we battered them not only from a possession perspective. Um, I think we, we limited them to maybe two or three shots on tar on goal the whole match, and the only one they maybe got on target was was the one that they they scored. So that was their only shot on target. Aye. Aye, I'm just looking did. at the stats here, Sean, and it's. I think if you if you rub out the scoreline and you look at the stats, you think, Hibs have done it again. It's a comfy win. It's this similar kind of stats as we've seen for the last four games before, where we've had a fair few shots on target. Well, we had ten shots off target, seven shots on target. So seventeen shots, seven on target, is as as no you know, their, their keeper did well, and and big Davy Marshall had nothing to do. So uh, it's one of those we we we, we dust it down. Performance was in hindsight. Not as bad as we maybe thought it could have been. So yeah, Lee Johnson was you know overly happy with the the performance. So we've got to trust his judgment and um, consider the way he's got us playing. Um, so yeah. Talking about you, you mentioned uh, Ewan Henderson there. I thought when he came on, he was he was pretty poor. Yeah. Not the best that I've seen from Hendo. I was surprised. Um, that he came on before McGuinness. I don't know, maybe if McGuinness has got a wee niggle again, or maybe Johnson doesn't want to rush him in for too many minutes too soon. I'm not too sure, but I don't think Henderson was the right was the right sub to make. Um, he, it's easy, it's get, easy to say that now, though. Eh? Do you know what? Give I mean? him his due, though. Give him his due. Didn't he hide? No. He tried to get on the ball, and even though he was. He was making mistakes. He tried to get on the ball and he was trying to make things happen. And it just wasn't coming off for him. And I think there's a lot of people shouting about about Henderson. Henderson this, Henderson that. I've seen a lot of horrendous shouts on Twitter in the last however many hours regarding Henderson. I think people are forgetting that the whole team had moments like that yesterday. The whole team, especially, I mean, Porch's first half, Everything that he was trying was going to a, a tangerine shirt. Yeah. Um, but no one will say anything about that because he's Ryan Portuchess. Yeah. Ewan Henderson will come on and he'll be the scapegoat. I don't think Ewan Henderson played well. No. But, but you, think... see, you see that quite a lot. When when a result doesn't go their way, Hibs fans are very quick to to jump on someone. Um, even when we were winning, they were jumping on Ewan, for example. Uh, they thought he wasn't, he wasn't having an overly good game. Even when we were winning and he was contributing, um, albeit it wasn't scoring last night, it was you know Campbell was getting it tight. Henderson got it tight. I thought, Cam- I thought Campbell played well. I thought Campbell um, played all right. I've seen, seen a few seen a few dodgy shouts, but uh, overall, like you know, Ewan wasn't great at all when he came on, and and it, it, it kind of shows that players like him and even McCurdy as well, who strangely. And I could be wrong. Lee Johnson thought that McCurdy would done well when he came on, but I just well, didn't see it. He looked well. I thought I thought McCurdy played better than he than he did against Motherwell. I feel like he was trying to be everywhere. 
yeah. um, compared to against Motherwell, where he was kind of he wasn't given that sort of free role. And no, last like, night, it was, it was last night. Last night, I think he was, he was everywhere trying. I mean, he was back at right back. He was out left wing. He was trying to help out everywhere he could. And it just, again, it just wasn't he coming off for him. I think we could have had Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe, and all that on the pitch last night. They probably wouldn't have made a difference. I feel that the heart of Dundee United was so strong, and we just couldn't get, we couldn't break them down. And the more that they denied us the stronger I think they felt yeah. and the more confident they were of shutting us out. Yeah. A positive note uh, from the subs bench, though, is a debut for uh, Big Willie Fish. Yeah. Could have been up like a salmon at one of the corners. Up like a salmon. Will Fish, do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. We're here all week. We're here all week. Um, a debut from him, I thought he didn't have an awful lot to do defensively, but what he did have to do, I felt like he was solid enough maybe a good only, option I think the only thing he'd done wrong was and it's no detriment to him he tried to keep the ball in out wide he kept it in and then they tried to break on us a wee bit and then that's when McCurdy came back and swept up um, yeah. I, I thought he'd done alright when he came on done a job done what was asked of him it was easy I don't want to say it was easy for him but um, we went three at the back and kind of went all out attack um, but unfortunately Johnson didn't get us Back to back. Yeah, and a uh, final positive note in terms of the subs is it's good to see Jair back on the pitch again. Um, he's taken a lot of stick from the Hibs fans, um, you know, rightly or wrongly, for his performances so far this season. Very, very raw, very, very raw. It's good to see him back. I felt like he tried to make things happen out wide left. Um, maybe. He's a bit lightweight, but he's still very, very young. You could say that about a few of the subs that came on the way. So yeah, for um, sure, for sure. Goals. I was quite surprised of the five, considering we were needing a goal, um, that he, he brought on Henderson and McGinnis, who are both arguably tens, and then you know Tavares, and then you've got McCurdy, technically striker winger. I, I thought. We might have seen um, Melkerson as well come on. I off. think he's thinking behind that is long ball into the box because that's what we're trying. And then I know, but I think when we're talking lightweight, I wouldn't say Melkerson is overly lightweight. I would say he's got a little bit more about him than weight-wise. Uh, I feel like he's bulk, he's certainly bulked up in the summer. Um, but again, that might be down to minutes. It might be down to fitness. I don't know. Um, I just felt putting two tens on or having two tens on the pitch at one point was maybe not the right the right move. Um having yeah. and McGinnis on the pitch at the same time. I feel like having one of them and then we could have maybe still had Tavares out one side, McCurdy out another, and then we could have maybe had Boyle, Kukarevich and Melkerson through the middle and really went for it. Um but hey. No, that's true. That's true. I I completely agree with that to be honest, mate. But um We'll, we'll wrap up with the Dundee United game. We'll wrap up with two two more uh, parts for Dundee United game. One, uh, I was delighted to hear Block 7 um, shouting their new Kukarevich chant. I'm not too sure how many people got involved. I was down in the bottom tier and they were in the top tier. And I heard them singing the Kukarevich chant and I, I turned around and I was going, oh, that's... You're going to sing it? For those who couldn't hear it or weren't at the game, you're going to sing it? 
well, I can't actually remember the lyrics, and I've I've got my my pay review up on my phone, so I'll I'll maybe uh, I'll, I'll maybe sing it for you next time. But <laughs> but now, Sean, it's time for Dundee United's turn in the Cinch Premiership. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Right. Dundee United. I tweeted before the game. I hope the game is better than the pie. And uh, you know, it, it really I feel wasn't. like I feel like this review is going to be one of the quickest reviews so far this season. Would that be correct? And assuming that it's going to be quite long, I think it's it's going to be quite a long review because um, I've got a lot to say about this pie. Firstly, coming in hot with the temperature, it's a one. The first one of the season, far too hot, absolutely boiling, boiling, and I, could, I had to leave it for two or three minutes before I even attempted to to eat it. Filling, one, the second one of the season, absolutely disgusting. It looked like dog food. I'm not going to say it tasted like dog food because I'm not too sure what dog food tastes like, but if I had to guess, it would probably be that. There was far too much meat, not enough gravy. The meat was chewy, tasteless and grisly, is my my notes what I've got down. Um, it was horrible. It was like so, like the meat was dry and chewy That's and fair. overdone. Fair. Pastry, one. Jesus. I it was... Think. It was like a wet paper bag all round. There was no crisp, not even on the top. It was like um it was like a stress ball. A stress ball pie. That's what what it was like. Awful. Truly, truly awful. Price point and I, for an for a a reasonable pie, I would give this price point a higher score because the pie was two pound eighty. That seems but, like a good price. It does but for good. the quality of the pie, I wish I'd just put it on Hibs to win 5 0 because I would have got the same enjoyment out of losing a bet than I would eating this pie. £2.80, I've given the price a 2 because the pie was so bad. Uh, and I actually do have it here. A good price, but. What you get for it is a disgrace. Wish I had spent it on something else. So that gives us an overall score of... Six out of 20. Which the lowest, is the lowest, yeah. The lowest of the season. I think if there's any teams out there that are listening to this Cinch Premiership review, you'll struggle to have a worse pie. So listen to this one. This is a benchmark for shit pies. If you've got anything better than that, then fling them my way Dundee United I'm talking to you now I'm talking to you this is directly to you your catering is a fucking disgrace a disgrace and uh, you'll be hearing from my lawyers in the morning and that (laughs) that concludes this week's Cinch Premiership review which pie is the best in the pie review Pie is the best in the pie review.
Okay, Sean, moving on. We're going to talk about the Celtic game on Saturday. Are you going? Have you got a ticket? Uh, I did not manage to get a ticket, no. I wasn't quick enough on the buzzer. Oh, that's a shame. You? Uh, no, well, uh, I was going to go, but um, me and the missus are going away for her birthday this weekend. So uh, I'm not going unless it's all right for her. If I you know, take her to where we're going and then drop her off, go to the Celtic game and then come back. Pick her up and bring her home. <laughs> that, uh, funny you should say that because when I went away um, for Chloe's birthday in April, um, the weekend we went away just happened to be the semi-final at Hamden uh, against Harps. Oh really? So she did get left. And oh really? Go to the game. Well, um, I can I can actually one up you on that. Is the the week before that game, and uh, I had a ticket for Tynecastle. Um, you know the game we got beat three one at Tynecastle. I had a ticket for Tynecastle, and Megan was in. Uh, Megan was so ready to burst, pregnant at that time, and um, I said to her on the Friday night before I went, whatever you do, do not go into labour tomorrow, because I'm I'm going to the football, and uh, she was like, oh, well, I'll try, I'll try. And then she woke up at six in the morning in labour and I was going, oh, for fuck's sake. And I was going, mm, mm, do you think I'll be able to go to the game? <laughs> That's terrible. But no, no, I, I never said that. Um, we got to the hospital. I managed to get the game on my phone. Ah, so, it's not, so, so you didn't one-up me then because you didn't go to the game? No, I never went to the game. I was just saying that this was a... This was a yeah, but it would be a one-up if you went to the game because that would be that would be worse, no? I suppose so. I, I maybe no one-up. I ended up uh, I ended up going to the game with Chloe's family anyway. So I left, oh, did you? Her, left her up north, drove down south. Drove, well, it was technically south from where we were. Went to the game with her family and then went back up north. Why did she not just go as well? Uh, she just didn't. Fair enough. I was standing she right next to her. Didn't want to ruin her birthday weekend. I suppose. I so that that was um, the day that that Myla was born was when we go beat three one at, at Tynecastle. But she was born, she was born after. Um, so it doesn't like, count. She was she was born like in the in the evening time, and as I said to Megan, I went, I cannot believe that uh, Hibs have never been beaten by Hearts in Myla's lifetime. <laughs> yeah, fast, fast forward, not even a week, and then the first defeat to Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Celtic game. We're off on a tangent here. Celtic game. Um, it's a, I think it's a big game for both Hibs and Celtic, to be honest with you. Hibs are looking to kind of cement themselves in that third spot. Celtic, obviously, uh, trying to race away at the top of the division. Yeah. Um, not a great result last night for the Hoops. No. Um, but do you think that we will go there and win on Saturday? Um, I think we will need to be at our absolute best and Celtic will still need to have an off day for us to get a win. Um, I think it will be a very close encounter. I'll wait till we go through our prediction before I you know, give, give you my full prediction of, of the result. But um, I think it will be... I mean, it's Celtic away. It's an extremely tough place to go. Um but no, I do not see us getting a victory. Well, 
nice and positive, Sean. That's what we like to hear. Um, Lee Johnson, after last night, said that there would be, uh, well, he may be thinking about a couple of changes. Um, he's given something to think about, at least for Saturday's lineup. Are you expecting to see the same lineup, or do you think that there'll be changes? And if so, Sean, if so, what will those changes be? Um, well, I said it a couple of pods ago when we kind of touched over the Celtic game when we were talking about predictions for teams. I, I thought he would have rested and changed up for Dundee United in preparation for Celtic to then get some fresh legs and get some minutes in the bodies, but obviously didn't they do that. I still stand by my, my latter part of that point is that I do think he will change it. I think we'll change shape. Um, I think it will be a 3-4-3, three, 3-5-2 three, three, kind of diamond in the middle with the, with the, with the wing-backs, kind of what we went to towards the end of the game last night. Um, and I, I think from from a change perspective, I think at centre-half it'll depend on whether Rocky is fully fit and ready to go. If not, it'll be Big Willie Fish that'll come in. Um, I, I'm hoping it's Rocky. Um, purely because it might be too big an occasion for for Big Will Fish, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. And I think there might be a change in the middle as well. Um, so I think we could see maybe Yuan maybe dropping out and us going with Kukarevich and Boyle up top um, with maybe Campbell or McGuinness in behind. Um, and then we'll have a third centre-half coming in. That's what I think it'll, it'll be. Well, you've certainly thought about that one, Sean. And I haven't thought about it at all. <laughs> I think there will be changes. Um, I think probably he'll need to change shape against Celtic away. You know, we obviously don't want to do in. I think if we'd have won last night, it probably would have been a little bit more difficult for him to pick a team yeah. than, it, than it would have been as it stands now that, that we got beat. So we could kind of take players out and he's not going to get that, oh, you should never change a winning team um, nonsense from people like Sean Corrigan. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think Yuan might be one of the casualties. I think Cadden also might be one of the casualties after last night. Um, like who, you said, who, I, who comes in? I think. Cadden, well, Cadden drops out and we play a three at the back. I think if we play a three at the back, then. Yes, it's going to be you put me on a spot here, Sean. Um, your your only option if we're playing a three five two or a three four three, your only option would then be Boyle at wing back. Yeah, well, the thing is you can't you can't take you can't take uh, Cadden out and then play a back four because I can't imagine Lewis Miller. He wasn't in the squad last night, so he's he, I don't think he's fit. Um, and I wouldn't chuck Lewis Miller in. He's not injured. He'll not be match fit because he's played barely any minutes. So I wouldn't chuck him in it. At Parkhead anyway, because I don't think that's very fair. Um, so it just it just depends really. Um, I think Lee Johnson will pick the best team that he thinks will go out there and get a result. Uh, you know, it's hopefully Rocky is back. I'd like to, I'd love to see Rocky back. He's had a fantastic start to the season, and I think if you put him in beside Paul Hanlon and Ryan Porteous at the moment, will be a formidable force at the back, yep. for sure. Um, he's it'll, be mentioned... it'll be interesting to see who he goes with up top or in the attacking areas, because he has kind of dug out the strikers last night, um, having a go at the, the lack of goals f- 
from our attacking threats other than Boyle. So it'll be quite interesting to see how he plays it. He, he mentioned about Nisbet being back on the grass, although it's still too early for him. So he does Took seem the words right out of my mouth there. Sorry. He, he, he does um, seem quite keen to get Nisbet back as well. And I think it's annoying because you would want a front three or a front two with Kukarevic and, and Nisbet with Boyle circling around them. I think that would be very dangerous, especially so yeah, that's right. Head, but it's just a little bit too soon for that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think getting Kevin Nisbet back is a is a huge boost for everyone, especially if by the time uh, Nizzy's back, you know, there's been no goals from Yuan McCurdy and Kukarevic. I think they'll get off the mark. They will get off the mark before Nizzy comes back. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's just it's uh, the longer it goes on, I think it's going to be uh, more difficult for for uh, for them to you know kind of get going. And then it makes it easier for Johnson to be able to drop them. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So we'll go with your predictions now, Sean. What is your score prediction for Saturday? Um, I'm tied between one all and two one Celtic. Um, I think Celtic might just have a little bit too much for us, uh, purely because of how good they are going forward. I know we've got Scotland's number one in goal, uh, yeah. but I think I think it will just be a little bit too much. I think we'll just just lose out two one, unfortunately. I think I'm going to go for 2-2 because I was going to go for 1-1 and then you mentioned 1-1 so then I had to rethink my answer. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going 2-2. I think we've shown this season that we'll fight to the bitter end. We even showed that last night. Um, We can score at Celtic Park. They're not not, um, Pep's Barcelona. They're not PSG. They are a very beatable outfit. Granted, there's no beat them there for about 12 years. Um, but I think we'll, hopefully, we'll come out of there with a result. I would ideally have liked to have seen us in, in the, the Motherwell Dundee United and Celtic games. I would have been delighted to see us come away with seven points. Six points would have been great. But as it stands, it's maybe looking like we're only going to get three or four out of nine. Is that acceptable for you? Uh, absolutely not. Um, because I don't want a reoccurring theme of us dropping points against teams that we shouldn't be dropping points against. We're sitting third in the league and we've, what, we've lost to St Mirren. I know they yeah. started well, but realistically it's St Mirren. They're poor. They are a poor side and they will always be a poor side. So we shouldn't be getting beat away to them. We lost to Livy. Granted, it, yeah, it was, yeah. Granted, it, it's a tough place to go. But Livy at the time weren't they really that great. So we should have got sand for that game as well. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that was. Uh, every time we seem to lose a game or drop points, it's against a side that we really shouldn't be doing that against. Yeah. So that is a theme that I don't want to start reoccurring. Um, so I, I expected us to get three points last night I really really did I would have obviously been happy with the one because it's, we're still then unbeaten or, or, or on that unbeaten run but unfortunately that wasn't the case and now we're 
sitting with a big L. Yeah, well, I think with the with the four wins on the bounce before it, it kind of softens the blow a wee bit. Yeah. Um, you know, that's 12 points out of the last 15. 12 points out of the last 15, and that's for, that's form that we never hit last season at all, yeah. uh, apart from maybe at the start. But I, I don't think we got four wins on the bounce uh, at the start of last season. The performance but, um, key in those games as well. So mm, even oh yeah, last night. So as long as we can see the performances are there and the results are ticking through, then then we'll be all right. For sure. Uh, we're going to move on to some questions now. We got quite a lot of questions, uh, or quite a few questions, in for Monday's podcast that we had with Block Seven. If you've not uh, had a wee listen to that yet, go back and and have a listen. It was a really good chat that Sean uh, Craig and I had uh, with Block Seven. So. Uh, about their roots, um, how they formed, what they're what they're up to at the moment, and their aspirations for the future. So if you have not listened to that yet, uh, jump across. It's on our YouTube, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything. So it was a it was a really good chat, a good listen. Um, but a lot of you sent in questions for that podcast that we didn't get round to because we we chatted on for so long. Uh, not all of them are relevant now because I think a few of them were about Dundee United. Um, which obviously we've we've spoken all about the United game now, but there is a couple um, from Monday that we'll get round to now, and it's uh, ones from John McIntosh as always. Uh, he's asking what we're having for our dinner. Uh, so, what did you have for your dinner on Monday night, Sean? Um, it was you had a you had a pasta bake. Eh? I had a pasta yeah, bake. I, yeah. had a, I had a pasta dish as well. I don't think it. I don't think it was a pasta bake, but it was definitely. A, it was, I think it was pasta and chorizo. Um, yeah. Who made I, it? You or Chloe? Uh, Chloe. Love tremendous, that. tremendous. Megan, Megan made my pasta bake as well. She's, she's, uh, she's getting quite good at the old pasta bake. She's refining it right down. So I, think I think we're having one this evening as well. So looking forward to that one. I've got an Asda pizza in the fridge uh, for this evening, but I'll, I'll move on to what we're having for our tea this evening as well, because John again has asked us. The second part to John's question was, can we just appreciate how good Joe Newell and Paul Hanlon have been this season in general? And uh, I think, yeah, we, we have spoke about it before. I think we spoke, we spoke about Paul's resurgence as well. Um, Most Um I'm quite... I'm quite glad that Joe Neal's getting the plaudits that he deserves. Um, he's been very unfortunate to play with very poor players next to him um, and under poor managers. But when he first came in, I could tell that there was a very talented player there. So I'm glad he's, he's slowly starting to come out a little bit more now. So Yeah, for long, sure. Long may that continue. For sure. Um, Kev Wilson and uh, Gav Dick have asked... Um, similar questions. I'm very glad that Craig's not here because he seems to have an issue with Gav Dick. Uh, he always, I don't, I don't know what it is. He always brings them up for, for spelling errors and stuff. Uh, so Kevin Gav have asked about Noan Kenny. Um, Gav actually says, and he's he's putting his question. I hope my grammar is up to Craig's standards this week. And for me, it is Gav, but I'll need to get Craig to have a wee look at it. just about Noan Kenny and think we've unearthed a wee gem here and uh, I, I completely agree I think he's been the player that we have been crying out for for a number of years now since Marvin Bartley left you know I think Sean 
I think if he if he if he wasn't as good as the player we needed him to be, Joe Newell and Josh Campbell wouldn't have had the stronger start to the season. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a big North Kenny fan, um, and I understand why he got hooked at half time last night. Um, he started the match really really well. I thought breaking up a lot of play, but then he he started to tail off and and got quite poor towards the half time. And obviously because we're getting beat, I understand why he was sacrificed. But I think um, if we were to have if we were to get big results this season, he'll he'll be key to that. Yeah, for sure. And um, John, again, what are we having for dinner tonight? Probably another pasta dish. Another pasta, and I think I've got as the pizza, John. So that answers your question. And if you're listening, John, can you tell us what you're having for your tea? Because we never ever find out. You always ask us, and I've just realised that we've never asked, actually asked you. So. If you could, um, if you could message us and let us know what you have for your tea, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you could send any pictures, that'd be even better. Um, he says what you have for tea and what's the squad for Saturday. In your opinion, you've already gone over it. I've not really had any time to think about it, so I'm just going to say what Sean said. That's which my was, answer. Which was not got a fucking clue. <laughs> So, something about Kyle McGuinness playing in behind or some uh, <laughs> a diamond or something. Oh my god! Um, Too busy trying and, to be a fantastic host, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Craig's Craig's away, so I've got to I've got to try and make up for it somehow. And we've got a couple of questions from people that we've not had questions from before. So, thank you very much for getting in touch. Um, Big shout out you- and thank you to everyone that's. Uh, all the new listeners after the block the block seven podcast though, yeah they have you on board for sure we've got a uh, ewan he asks what was your thoughts on an unchanged start 11 and how do you rate our chances on saturday now we've already gone over um the fact that it was an unchanged 11 i wasn't so sure that it should have been an unchanged 11 i think you were kind of uh, in the same boat sean but i think our chances on saturday i think to be honest maybe a little bit better now than they actually would have been, given the fact that we got beat. I know it sounds it sounds stupid. I completely, I completely understand. Yeah, I get but, that. It's easier for Johnson to make the tweaks that he needs to make. Yeah, and, and I think the tweaks that better. everyone's kind of been crying out for. Not yeah. crying out for, I think that's the wrong choice of words, but maybe the, the tweaks that he maybe wouldn't have gotten away with when we were winning. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's uh, maybe a good way to put it. And finally, we've got Lewis Connor, and he asks, uh, and I think this is going to be a, a resounding yes, is the refereeing decision to disallow Mikola's goal the worst decision you've ever seen? It certainly is for me. I can't, and, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of any other worse ones. Definitely not from a Hibs perspective. I know you've got a couple of goals against Hearts that should have been goals but I think this one is is, is the, the worst from a Hibs, Hibs perspective that I can remember off the top of my head anyway. Yeah, no I, I completely agree, although I think uh, it's karma coming around to us for Paul Hanlon's goal against Dunfermline in 2012 at Easter Road, we beat them 4-0 you remember, it was a oh, header from a corner <laughs> it was a header not. from a corner, it hit the bar and bounced maybe like 3 or 4 yards, like back into the six-yard box and it, it got cleared away and the referee gave it as a goal. If you've not what, seen it, look it up. What was, it was the score in the, when that happened? We won, I think it was already 3-0. Ah, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. But then. it was, no, but it was a game that was really important. It 
was the it was the season we got beat in the cup final against Hearts. And um, I think we so, were at, down. At home, eh? at home. It was at home. We were I down. Remember, oh, we were down there with Dunfermline, and yeah. it was it was a bit of a six pointer, and we came away with a four 0 win. If you've not seen it, try and find the the highlights on YouTube and let us know what you think about Paul Hanlon's goal because uh, oh, goal and in the uh, in speech marks, because uh, he he did it and it hit off the bar and it honestly it bounced about four yards and nearly bounced off the six yard line and away again uh, it was and I think that it's it's karma coming round for that to be honest with you mate but um, and that wraps us up all the questions uh, so once again we want to say a, a huge thank you to everyone who's sent in a question everyone who listens to the podcast um, if you ever want to get in touch we are at the Hibs Ramble on Instagram Facebook Twitter uh, the Hibs Ramble on YouTube you can get us obviously uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, if you are missing us between now and and the time that we go and play Celtic, if you've listened to this before before Saturday, you can go back and listen to our chat with Block Seven, uh, episode fourteen, or go. No, it's not. It's episode fifteen. <laughs> no, is it? Yeah, it is. It's episode fifteen, um, and you can go back and also listen to mine and Sean's top 10 definitive list on Hibs shirts but uh, again thanks what, for listening what, what, what number episode is that one? Uh, I think it is it 9? episode is it? 9 and episode 15 are the more non-game related ones that people can listen to for all the new listeners out there so a couple for of great, sure. great episodes if, there if you, want to, if you want to listen to us ramble on for a wee bit longer than you you most certainly can but Sean it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this afternoon um, it's uh, as always it's always it's, it's lovely looking at you over this screen and uh, the audio only listeners really don't know what they're missing no, to be honest with you to the YouTube lads and get the video fired up get us absolutely. absolutely on the big telly that's what I do every time every time but yeah Again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're trying to bring uh, our best every week um, to bring you the best Hibs content that we can. And uh, we will catch you next week um, for a Celtic review and a preview of whoever the fuck we're playing next. (laughs) (laughs) So this is John's on the Friday night. Oh, Friday night. Friday night and I feel all right. Anyway. Cheers, guys, and I'll see you all in a bit. See ya. Bye.